Hi, this is Lori Richards. In this episode, you'll learn five tips for making sure that you're communicating effectively through this crisis. And you'll learn the cost of not communicating effectively in a leadership role. This is Construction Leader Podcast. This is Lori Richards, and welcome to the Construction Leader Podcast. If you are a leader in construction, you're in the right place. If you want to be a leader in construction, whether in the office or in the field, you're in the right place. This podcast is dedicated to helping people become stronger leaders and more successful in the construction industry, specifically in the construction industry. I'm Lori Richards, and some of you may be familiar with me for coming into your organizations and helping you solve communication problems, maybe being a part of your association meetings or maybe helping you win that new piece of business. So welcome to the Construction Leader Podcast. Seems like this is the perfect time to talk about crisis communication. With everything going on, it's important to know how to communicate to your staff, to your employees, to your vendors, to your subs, and everyone else throughout this crisis. In this episode of Construction Leader Podcast, you'll learn five specific tips for improving morale, making sure you don't lose productivity, stop the rumors as much as possible, and position yourself to handle any ramifications that come down the pike that you could have stopped with an effective crisis communication plan. The latest research says that 80% of Americans live paycheck to paycheck, and in construction, this is no exception. And in times of crisis, more than any other time, it's critical to keep the lines of communication between leadership and everyone else wide open. The cost of not doing that, reputation as an organization, your reputation as a leader, and the rumor mill will go wild. In a 2016 survey, leaders named reputation, rumors, operation issues, and financial performance as the biggest costs when communication during crisis falls off. And this is something that you can help if you do your crisis communication correctly. I've spent a good share of my career working on crisis communication, whether it's in the construction industry, agriculture, in both the animal health area, as well as crop protection. And we know that by managing the communication piece of it, you help manage the crisis. But if you're so busy managing the crisis that you don't manage the communication, it will come back to bite you. In fact, in a recent survey, one third of the leaders said without effective communication throughout that crisis, they had no chance of recovering within a year. Many of them said that it would still take them at least four years to recover. So your ability to not only manage the crisis, but communicate effectively throughout that crisis is critical. You're busy right now. You're trying to figure out what are you going to do throughout this crisis, but it's time to stop right now and ask yourself, who are the stakeholders and how do we take care of them communication-wise? Think about not only the people in your office, not only the people who actually work for you, but your stakeholders will include employees and their families. Their families are worried about how they're going to pay their bills, whether or not people are going to come back to work. And think about where their mindset is when that happens. They'll take any job, they'll take anything they can do to get some money in the house to pay the bills. Other stakeholders are going to be your customers. You've got to make sure, obviously, that you're not losing customers. And also your vendors, those people that supply the materials that you need during these projects, as well as your subs. If you get a poor reputation for handling this crisis as a leader or as an organization, this 
will cost you in all of those areas, employees, customers, vendors, subs, and their families. So it's imperative that you understand who those stakeholders. The second step is to make sure that you set a priority as an organization and as a leader. Just like if you were building a project, you would ask yourself, what is our driver? Is it the dollars? Is it the deadline? Or is it the scope of the project? Think of your communication as communicating that particular priority as well. What is your priority during this? Is it to get people back to work? Is it to finish projects on time? Is it to have money in the bank so that you can pay people? Is it safety as it is for so many of you, what is your priority? And make sure that your actions and your words speak to this priority. Every statement you make, every time that you're talking to people, make sure that that number one priority is coming out. Make sure that not all of these can be your driving priority, but what is the driver that's really making a difference? And make sure that that comes out to people. So set that priority first before you start delivering your message. Now, the next thing is to actually come up with a message that's appropriate for your audience. So the first step is to identify your stakeholders. The second step to set your priority. And next, it's time to design that specific message. It's time to craft the message. And your message, every message that you send out to your stakeholders, regardless of who they are, your message should have seven things. This is a time when a lot of you will want to take notes. Others of you, you're going to want to come back and listen to this yet again to make sure that you've got each piece of this covered. Make sure you've got a checklist where each of these is covered. The first one is you need to be decisive. People want to know in a crisis that they can follow this person, that the leader is decisive, that they're making good decisions, and that they're not waffling. You can change how you're getting somewhere, but the leader needs to know where it is we're actually going. So your message should, first and foremost, it should be decisive. Second, it should be realistic. This is not the time to make promises that you can't keep. So make sure that you're making promises that you can keep. Make sure that you're giving them realistic options, realistic opportunities. Be very realistic about the message that you're sending. And third, give them resources. This is a time to refer them to resources that maybe you had in the past, encouraging them to see financial advisors if that's an issue, encouraging them to uh, specific websites that will guide them, uh, specific websites where they'll find further information, the latest updated information. Encourage them uh, with their, for instance, with their healthcare or their paychecks. Give them and remind them of the resources that yes, I know it's in the manual, but you and I both know they don't all read the manual. So remind them of the resources that are there. Remind them to call HR if they need to. Remind them who they should contact if they are facing some of the troubles that you know that your vendors, your customers, your employees, and their families are facing. Make sure you remind them who those resources are and how to get a hold of them. Phone, email, websites, whatever it takes, make sure they have the resources. The fourth thing is make sure that your message is filled with specifics whenever possible. I get that you don't know the next time necessarily. You don't know exactly when this is going to be finished, but be very specific about what you can. So tell them this number of people are going to be available in the offices. This many people are going to be available via the phone. This is where you can find the specific information about the latest. When uh, It's sort of like if you're having a school closing, you know exactly where to go, which radio station to listen to, which television station, which website to go to, to find the latest information about these school closings. Now, other radio stations, television stations, other media, they may have the information, but the official one is this one right here. Be sure to tune to WTOP to make sure you've got the latest information. So make sure that you're very specific about that. Make sure that you give them specifics about what they need in order to take advantage of whatever resources you've given them. So for instance, if they need to bring 
bring their driver's license, if they need to have their employee number available, if they need to have their social security number, if excuse me, if they need to have any kind of information available, their children's names and birth dates and ages, whatever it is, you need to remind them to have that information available. Any specifics you can give them is going to be comforting and help with morale at this time of crisis. So make sure you're sharing that specific information. Another thing you wanna do, this is, uh, this is number five, is make sure you're setting the tone. If you are flippant about this crisis, then that tells them that that's the kind of leader you are. If you're serious and focused on solution, then that's who they'll be. Uh, that's who they'll see. Uh, if you are creating a tone of uh, looking at the past versus the future, they are going to see that. So sit down before you deliver this message and ask yourself, what is the tone we want? Do we want it to be remorseful? Do we want it to be hopeful? Do we want it to be blaming? Do we want it to be an opportunity to shine? Do you want to be a hero right now? Do you want to uh, be credible right now? Do you want to come off as uh, strong? Do you want to come off as uh, decisive? What, what is the character that you want to bring out as part of this? This should be an authentic person. This should be an authentic personality or tone. It should be one that people want to follow. Someone that your stakeholders want to listen to, will find credible, and will want to follow throughout this crisis. So that's number five. Make sure you've set the tone. Number six in this is be sure to identify very specific next steps. One of the things you'll notice if you're watching uh, uh, when there's maybe a kidnapping or there's a crisis of some sort, a tragedy, uh, and you see the mayor will be out there or you'll see the director of safety or the chief of police or whomever it is that are the top resources, the spokespeople for this particular crisis. What you'll notice is the good ones, what they'll do is they'll say, you'll hear from us again, and then they give a very specific time. They'll say, at four o'clock today, we will have another briefing. And the reason they do that is because it sets up a stage for an expectation and it helps manage the anxiety of the people who are listening, whether it's the reporters or whether it's the public. So even though they may not have anything to say at that four o'clock briefing, they will be there. And that's what they're saying. We're going to be here to answer your questions. We're going to be here to tell you what we do know. We're going to be here to tell you what we expect next, whatever it is. But you want to make sure that you're telling them the next steps. In this kind of a situation where we're going through everything with this coronavirus, no one knows if doors are opened or closed or how long they're going to be opened or closed or what's going on. What you want to do is say, we will be checking in again at one o'clock this afternoon. So be sure to get on the website after one o'clock this afternoon for the latest information. Uh, for the latest information on where to go, for the latest information on whatever. Uh, you want to set up a, this is when we're going to make our next announcement. We'll be making a decision by three o'clock this afternoon and someone will reach out to you. Look for that communication after three o'clock today. Now, what you don't want to do is communicate with some people at five o'clock and some people at three o'clock because people are going to sit there and worry. So you want to make sure that you're making some sort of an announcement at that time via your email, via your website, your social media, whatever it is, however it is that you're communicating with your stakeholders, make sure that you're, pay, you're, you're posting that specific announcement at that time. You want to make sure that you're always telling them when the next steps are. You're always telling them, this is when you'll hear from us next. That creates, it helps with morale and it helps alleviate a lot of the anxiety that people are feeling right now. You've not promised them that you will know the answer to anything at one o'clock this afternoon. Instead, you promise them that you will be here to give them any new information and to answer any questions they have 
at one o'clock this afternoon. So don't make promises that you can't keep. Do make promises and keep them that you will continually be in contact with them. The number one complaint about leaders in a role like this is that they don't communicate often enough and that they don't make themselves available for questions. That means over communicate critical during a crisis to over communicate. So make sure that you're communicating those next steps. And number seven on your list of how to create this message is to make sure that you suggest to them that your communication lines are open, which means offer them an opportunity to reach out to you. This is uh, at one o'clock, we will take your questions. This is a statement that says, if you have questions, here's to reach out to, here's who you can reach out to. This is, we are here to answer your questions. This is, we're gonna have a town hall at two o'clock on Wednesday, so you can ask all your questions and we will be there until the questions are answered. Whatever it is, you wanna to suggest to them that there is an open line of communication, that someone is available to take their questions, help them answer their questions and help navigate this particular crisis. So again, just a reminder of these seven things, your checklist of seven things for your message. First it should be decisive. Second, it should be realistic. Third, it should include resources that they need to have throughout this crisis that they can use. Number four, it should include specifics wherever possible. Number five, it should set the tone that you want to set throughout this crisis as a leader, as an individual, and as an organization. Number six, it should tell them specifically when the next steps are. When are you going to give them another opportunity to ask questions? And when are you going to give them any additional information? Even if it's that there is no change in the information, you will give them this information and where they can find that. And number seven, suggest to them how you're leaving the lines of communication open, who they can reach out to and how they can reach messages they have to deliver to someone else, that you are going to get those messages and that you will act on those. So creating the message specifically is very important. At this point, you've identified your stakeholders, the ones that you need to make sure that you're addressing. Secondly, you've set a priority in your own mind of what you need to accomplish. And three, you've crafted a message that you wanna make sure that you're delivering. Now it's time to tailor that message specifically to your workforce. Here's why this is so important. If what you talk about is the continuity of the organization, making sure that the organization makes money, the employee in stress is going to hear, well, that takes care of you, what about me? What about my bottom line? What about feeding my family? And now as a leader, you've appeared selfish and that's not good. So instead you wanna take that message and you wanna make sure that it is tailored specifically to your workforce and your other stakeholders. This means that your message includes statements like, so that we can get people back on the job, so that we can protect our workers, so that people who work here are protected, so that customers can get the product that they need, so that we know, so that subcontractors and others that work with us know that the work is available to them and that they get paid on time so that vendors get paid on time, so that vendors know that there is still going to be business here for them when this crisis is over, so that vendors and employees and subcontractors can pick up where they left off and get back to work and building this community. You wanna make sure that your message is not to the advantage of the company, but to the advantage of the stakeholders. Now, those don't have to be diametrically opposed. Instead, obviously continuity of the organization is good for everyone, but you need to spell it out. In times of stress, people won't hear it. What they'll hear is the selfish message. So instead you wanna make sure that you're directly taking whatever message you have and you're relating it to that workforce, to the family, 
to the subcontractors, to the vendors, to the suppliers, to all of your stakeholders. Take every message. Folks, this is an area where you need an expert involved sometimes. Please don't hesitate to reach out to me to help you with this because it is so critical. If you sound like you're protecting the organization, then you are now an ivory tower that is a selfish leader and no one wants to work for you. In a time in construction where we have 440,000 open jobs, you can't afford to lose anyone. You can't afford to lose customers and you can't afford to lose the workforce that you have available. So it is critical that these messages are getting out. Here's the other thing that's important about this. In the absence of information, people will make things up. They will assume, they will presume, they will suggest, and all of a sudden you've got this huge rumor mill out there. And most executives will tell you that that is the number one thing that takes them down, is the rumor mill, the way people talk about a situation, not the way the situation really is. So everything that you can do to control the rumor mill in a time of crisis is critical. And there are specific things that you can do to make that happen. So make sure that you're not only creating a message, that you not only identify what your drivers are, but that you tailor that message specifically to your stakeholders. Without that, you will lose opportunity. Now let's talk about delivering that message. You've identified the relevant stakeholders. You have set your priorities. You've crafted a message and then you've tailored that message specifically for those stakeholders. Now it's time to deliver that. In delivering this message, first you want to think about who that source is, who that spokesperson is. And in many cases, this is going to be the top executive from your organization, but not always. Even if it is the top executive in your organization, many times this is the top person in your department. It's the top person on your team. Just because you're not the CEO of this organization doesn't mean that you're not a spokesperson. If you are a supervisor on a job site, you are now the spokesperson. You're the top level on that job site, that's you. Also involved in a situation like this may be the top financial officer. It might be the top HR person. It might be the person who's in charge of safety, or it might be the person who's in charge of benefits. You choose the person who is the best person to have the right information to be sharing with these people, not just a hired spokesperson. I've been hired to go out and do the spokesperson things. I'm happy to do that. I'm happy to help you craft your message. But when it comes to delivering it, they want to hear it from you. So it's really critical that the information comes from the most reputable source to deliver that information. That means that sometimes it's the executives, sometimes it's the middle managers, sometimes it's the team leaders. Every one of those positions has a leadership role when it comes to crisis communication. You want to think about how you're going to deliver this message, not only from the spokesperson perspective, but also from the media that you use. Are you going to use the regular media, radio stations, television stations? Uh, in many cases for this kind of a crisis with the coronavirus, you're not going to use those. You're going to use more, more internal media. That means social media, where you're putting out a message, you're making an announcement. Don't limit your use of video and audio, folks. Turn your cameras on and your video videotape your spokespeople talking to the camera. People don't need highly produced right now. What they need is a live interaction. So turn the camera on and record as a spokesperson yourself saying, okay, folks, here's where we're sitting. Here's the message. Here's the priority. Here's how it relates to you. Here are the resources and here are the next steps. We're leaving the line of communication open. This should take two, three minutes, record it on your camera and upload it to Facebook, upload it to your Twitter, upload it to your corporate, your company Facebook page, and send it out in emails to 
make sure that you're reaching the right people. Uh, we do here at Lori Richards and Associates, we use videos where we can actually uh, integrate about a one minute video in an email so that when people open up the video, or excuse me, when they open up the email, there's a video right there. If you want to know how to do that, reach out to me and I'm happy to help you do that for a very quick message. Um, ask yourself if maybe some of the information, in addition to the typical and, and traditional ways of reaching out to people, ask yourself if there are other ways that maybe you should be reaching out to people. Should you be using one-on-one -on -one phone calls, maybe a phone tree? Should you be doing texting? A lot of your people are using text, especially on the job in the field. Texting is very common. Some of you use Voxer or some other sort of a walkie-talkie type apps that you're using. Use those to reach out to people. Ask yourself if you should maybe have a town meeting, obviously not in person with this coronavirus going around, but instead, should you be doing one on video? Ask yourself if you should be using something like a Zoom where you get on and people can watch you make that statement uh, and ask questions in the meantime. It's important to use email. Reach out to people however you can. You know, there was a time when I was growing up that people would use a phone tree if schools were closed. I grew up in South Dakota, so there was a lot of snow. And instead of them, this is before, obviously, email time. Yes, I'm that old. Um, so instead of people shooting out an email or even a text, they'd have to have people that called and said, you know, the school bus is running, school is running an hour late, the school bus is going to run an hour late, or whatever it was. School is closed. One person would call four people, and each of those four people would call four people. Ask yourself if maybe this is the way you should be using the phone tree today. One of the things that's happening during this coronavirus is people are isolated. So the more we can reach out to them, whether it's through FaceTime or Skype, on your phones, talking to them personally, not just sending emails. Consider all of those options because sometimes those are going to be your best options. So don't think that just sending out an email is the right way to go. Make sure that you're making an attempt to reach out to people and that you have connections as much as possible. Make sure managers are calling everyone that, that they are responsible for talking to, whether it's as a group on a group video conference or whether it's calling each of them individually, whatever it is. Whenever you can reach out, that's going to make a difference in the morale of your people as they hear the information, as they come back after this crisis, and it's going to help your reputation as an individual, as a leader, and as a leading company. So delivery of your message is really important. As you're delivering this message, another thing you'll want to do is make sure that you're anticipating the questions. What kind of questions are your stakeholders going to have? Employees want to know when they're coming back to work. Your subcontractors want to know if they're going to get paid on schedule. Your vendors want to know if they're going to get paid on schedule. Your customers want to know when is this project going to be done. So before you're making the phone calls, you or whomever you're assigning this role to, make sure that you're sitting down and planning out what are you going to answer when they ask you these questions. It's a good exercise to sit down and ask yourself, what are the questions we expect to get? What are the questions we hope to get? And what are the questions we hope not to get? And then sit down and don't just brainstorm the questions, but it's time to brainstorm the answers as well. So make sure that you're asking yourself, what are the questions that people need answers to? And finally, reinforce your information. Reinforce it through uses of all of your media, your emails, your social media, your phone calls, your meetings. Make sure that you're following up on a regular basis to let people know what's going on. Don't let people go two days and not hear something from you. Let them know that you're continuing to work on this. Let them know the latest information, whatever you can. Give, set up some sort of a, 
uh, communication tool that you can make sure that you're sending out a video every day at 10 o'clock in the morning. I'm gonna come on this video on my camera and I'm just gonna record me telling you what's going on. I'm gonna send that out to you or I'm gonna post it online or I'm gonna post it on the intranet where only employees that work for our company can see it. But you're gonna see something from me every day by 10 o'clock in the morning so that you know the latest about what's going on. Folks, the cost of not having strong communication through a crisis is your reputation as a person, as a leader, as a company. It's the morale of your organization. It's the productivity, not only during the crisis, but after the crisis. The cost is customer loyalty. The cost is a supply chain and a workforce that if you don't take care of things throughout this crisis, it will cost you after this. 80% of the executives going through a crisis will tell you that they wish they had communicated more effectively through that crisis. Don't let one of these be you. If I can help, this is the time to reach out. I can be reached at Lori at LoriRichards.com and that's L-A-U-R-I-E. On your podcast app, my name is there. So you can see how to spell it in case you forget. It's Lori, L-A-U-R-I-E, Richards. That's Richards with an S, Lori at LoriRichards.com. Reach out, let me help you. This is the kind of thing you can't afford to skimp on. You can't afford to not communicate well with your stakeholders during this kind of a crisis. I wish you all the very best, and I'll talk to you next time on the Construction Leader Podcast. <laughs>